Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for When the Lord God says, I'm going to do something, friend, I want you to understand he does it. But you've got to look through history. Whenever God says he's going to do something, he does it. He actually does it. That's how you know you can trust God. People wonder, how do I know I can trust God? Because everybody lies to me. God never lies to you. He will always do what he says he's going to do. He is not a liar. He can hold up his promises, and he will get David to that throne. Just to show everybody, I can be trusted, the Lord says to us. I want to show you, though, here in Second Samuel 3 and 1. It says, now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But, uh, here we go, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Okay, you see which way things are going here. God said, I'm going to get David in as king of all Israel. He's going to get there. And look at the way the scale's tipping, and it's slowly getting heavier for Abner, and David's going on up. David is going to make it to the throne of Israel. And just stay faithful to the Lord God. With the Lord, there is always an after this. But I want us to look at something here, though. Don't just look at the promise, oh, well, God's going to get me there. Well, you got to go through some tribulation some, uh, most of the time before these major promises happen for any of us. Because look at David. He went through a lot of hardship, a lot of tough times. He'd been on the run from Saul for many years at this point. Saul and his son Jonathan, who was David's very best friend, had just died. David had to go through all that. David learned a lot of long-suffering, not just patience, but extended long-suffering David had to go through. It's been a long road for David. A lot of people just look at the day when David was king and go, oh, well, look at you. You're already there. How wonderful it must be. And they don't want to go through the trial and the tribulation that David went through. There, there is that. But it's been a long road. But I want you to look at verse 1. It says, after this, friends, after this, after this, the trial, the difficulty, if you'll just stay faithful, friend, I, I want to encourage you with this. Just stay faithful to the Lord God. With the Lord, there is always an after this. You're going through hardship. You lost friends. I don't know. Your 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 finances are in trouble, or you lost something. You lost your home. I I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of difficulties I see going on in the nation and in the world. Lots of hardship. But I'm telling you, after this, after this, mark my words. After this, there is always an after this opportunity with the Lord God. And so after this, David, not only did it just, he pick his head up, but the way he did it was he consulted with the Lord. He asked the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And the Lord told him what to do. 
And not only did David say, what do I do? The Lord answered, but David even further the question, well, well, what more? And he asked more details. Friends, we got to get used to doing that. We've got to get used to consulting with the Lord. Don't just, don't be like Azahel and just charge off and I'm going to just go. You need to ask the Lord. Azahel should have asked the Lord, shall I pursue Abner? Abner, if he had asked the Lord. He sh- shall I go up and rival against David? If the Lord would have answered Abner, he would have probably told him, no, you better not. He's going to whip you. So we need to get used to asking the Lord. It always works out better. I want to show you Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. David inquired of the Lord. David asked, what should I do? And so the Lord opened it to him. Go to Hebron. Friends, whenever we go through trial, it's so easy for us to just fall into the habit of impulsive behavior, just popping off like powder kegs, like old Abner had been doing. And it it drives your behavior down a bad road. It leads to rage-driven motives that never work. You can't just do whatever you feel like without thinking about, oh, whatever I feel like. That's the big push for the new uh, culture we live in today is that you should just do whatever makes you feel good. Just whatever you feel like, that's what you do. Whatever you feel like, that's what you are. That's not, it's not wise to do that. David asked the Lord, what should I do? If you conduct yourself according to past anger, like Abner was doing, then you're going to end up like Abner. Don't conduct yourself according to anger, what drives you angry. I'll show him, and I'm going to do this. I'll show him. Oh, you're being a servant to him. Did, did you know that whoever you hate owns you? Oh, that's a sharp one. Whoever you hate, that person owns you. If you go to bed with them running around in your head at night, if they control your actions because you've just got to counter them because you hate them so much, that means they own you because they're dominating your thoughts and your actions. Whoever you hate owns you. Oh, imagine what the gospel says. Why don't you love them? Let that be what owns you. Let love be what owns you. Abner was very bitter against David, and so he tried to rival David. And look what it cost him. Look at how much it cost him. Not only did he lose his 12 best guys, he lost about, I don't know, several hundred guys, and now he's got to face up to the revenge of Joab, who's coming to get him for killing their brother. Had Abner actually and faithfully asked the Lord, shall I go up and fight David over Israel's royalty? Then if the Lord had answered him, he would have said, no, you try that and David will royally kick your tail. He would have told him no. So in this, in this one chapter here, just one single chapter, we get to see two types of people. David, who lived according to the Lord's will, and Abner, who lived according to his own will. Abner did not ask the Lord what he should do. David did. And Abner was driven by anger and self-gain. And look what happened. Look how it turned out. It's getting better for David all the time because he asked the Lord, what do I do? Those that just run off of whatever they think is right out of their rage-driven motives turns out bad for them every time. And Ishbosheth, his life shows us what will happen to you when you make a decision without asking God first. You should ask God first. Ishbosheth ruled for only two years. That's not very long. You can't even get a kid halfway through high school in two years. But David ruled Judah for seven. 
going on to rule Israel for a total of 40 whole years. What I'm trying to say is that living God's way is better than living your way. That's what everybody's doing today. I want to live my life my way. It's my life. I'll do whatever I want. Don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to do. That's what everybody says. But you don't get to do that. Well, my parents used to tell me that. And since I moved out, I'm my own man or I'm my own woman. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can be your own man and still ask the Lord what to do. You can still have ambition. You still can have drive. But ask the Lord, how do I do it? And he will actually amplify that drive if it's in accordance with his will. But if it's not, you're going to get in trouble. I'm telling you. The Bible's full of examples examples like this. As a matter of fact, the Lord told the Israelites in Deuteronomy 5.33. Let me take you back in history a little bit. He says, you shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may what? That you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Friends, that's God's prescribed manner and how to live, and how to prolong your days, how to live well, so that it will be well with you, so that you may live. You, just, you, you probably say to your, well, it's my life. I just want to live life. I'm telling you, if you want to really live, do it God's way. That's living, buddy. That's living. God's prescribed manner of how his people should live. It was a way of living that would cause them to live longer and friends, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then God has a way for you to live life. He has a way for you to do it. You cannot live according to your own terms and then expect God to bless it. That's for the believer or the unbeliever, both, either way. For you believers who are listening to me right now, maybe you're not following the Lord God the way you ought to. You really need to tighten up those loose bolts so that the machine can run a little better. You do things your way, you're going to suffer. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you that God's way is better, and I want you to experience it for yourself. There's only one way you're going to want to experience it is if you do it. I'm encouraging you to follow things God's way. Uh, For the believer, though, let me tell you a little furtherance of this. 1 John 2 and 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. That's what that's talking about Jesus Christ. You claim to be a Christian? Okay. Well, this verse is saying, you claim to be a Christian. You claim to be a follower of Jesus. You should be doing things the way Jesus did. And th- th- this is what pains me beyond my ability to explain, is so many people today saying, I'm a Christian, but they're just not doing what Jesus said. They just won't do it. And the Bible says, man, you're in trouble for that. You need to be doing the way the Lord did. Y'all remember when Saul inquired of the Lord, but the Lord would not answer him. That's been a few chapters back that he wouldn't answer. That's because Saul was not walking according to how the Lord told him. He was not walking with the Lord. And this is where most Christians, I say the majority, because they're they're brainwashed by the world. The world says, you know, you need to act like this. And so they go, oh, okay. And they do it, and they're like, God, you know, I don't have time for you right now. I got, I got to follow this world right now. Uh-uh, you're, in, you're setting yourself up for trouble. Most people that claim to be Christians, they claim to be such great believers in Jesus, but they do not walk the way Jesus did. They're walking like everybody else. 
because they want to fit in with everybody else. They don't want to fit in with the kingdom of God. They don't want to fit in with Jesus. They want to fit in with all their buddies who don't walk with the Lord. And because they will not walk with the Lord, they are mad about something. Something just just twists in their mind and just punishes them and makes them suffer. And they're argumentative and they're divisive. Just look at the country right now, guys. Look at the world. Everybody's divided against everybody. People think it's politics. It's not politics. It is a spiritual problem. If you're listening to politics, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, if you're on this side or that, if you're listening and if that dominates your brain power, if that's what runs around in your head all the time, it is not the will of God. It is not the word of God. It is not the righteousness of God. It's man trying to rival man. And look what happened with Abner and David. They tried. They got into a rivalry, and look, it got out of hand. Friends, the world is getting out of hand. Are you tired of it? You tired of being lied to? Then you need to make a life change, switch, turn around, and start following the Lord. Because everybody right now is being an Abner. Everybody's being like Abner. They have a big score they want to settle with everybody that does not 100% agree with them. That's our culture today. And that's where the manipulative power play begins. People don't like somebody, so they try to get people around them. They try to get people on their side that will side with them just so they can take down the ones they're mad at, just like Abner tried to do by manipulating Ishbosheth and to get all of Israel with him just so that he could rival David. Friends, rage-driven motives never work out. James 1 and 20 says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If you let that TV set have you, you watch the news and you get all upset at the other guy because you're the one that's right. They're the ones that's wrong. And it makes you mad and it causes you to act out of anger. You are not producing the righteousness of God. Well, what does produce the righteousness of God? Obeying the Lord God, following his word. That's what does. That's why I'm here telling you the word of God. Ishbosheth, he listened to bad advice, didn't he? He listened to an ungodly, angry Abner. And it caused Ishbosheth to take up an unfounded offense against David. Here's this guy, supposedly king. He's going to take up a, an offense against David, which now tainted Ishbosheth's authority, if he had any at all. And it also was going to damage the relationship with David. Now nothing's going to work because he got manipulated by the wrong guy to go off and do the wrong thing. And so Ishbosheth had really no place or no reason to go up against David. Why did Ishbosheth have to go up against David? He didn't have a dog in this fight. It was Abner that pushed him into it because he listened to Abner. And Abner says, Here's what you need to do. You need to go do this. And so Ishbosheth said, Oh, okay, okay, I guess so. Remember what Ishbosheth's name means? Man of shame. Friends, are the world, is the world telling you, here's what you need to do. You need to go do this. Oh, oh, okay, I guess I will. Who's the man of shame now? Don't be like that. Don't be like Ishbosheth. You need to live your life according to what the Lord wants. What does the Lord want you to do? Remember, Ishbosheth's reign didn't last very long. If you want a good life, a truly good life, one that's likely to last and go well, then give your life over to Jesus. Let him tell you what to do. Let him tell you how you should live. 
He is a good king. He loves to give rewards. You remember how David was when he rewarded the men of Jabesh-Gilead for their commendable work of honoring Saul for working good for the kingdom. David couldn't even get his own guys to behave like that. Remember David's own guys? They wanted David to kill Saul whenever he had the chance. And, you know, so David was so glad to see somebody that was willing to do good work, the work of the kingdom that he wanted them to do. So David rewarded the men of Jabesh-Gilead. It's because David recognized them as friends in the kingdom. He realized, hey, these guys see the same way I do. And when David noticed that these guys had the same vision, they had the same way of seeing Saul that David did, he rewarded them. Friends, Jesus said in John 15, 15, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Guys, oh, that's so good to think of Jesus calling me a friend. Don't you want him to call you a friend? Well, then you need to do what he tells you and stop saying, what's my life, my way. I'd get to do what I want. No, you've got, if you claim to be in him, then you ought to walk in the same way that he did. When you walk in obedience to the Lord, you'll start to see things the way he does. That's when you know you've really given your life to Jesus, when your vision agrees with the Lord's vision. And after David rewarded the men of Jabesh Gilead, he told them, Remember this, he said, your old king is gone, but I am your new king. And by my authority, I'll take care of things from here on out is basically what he conveyed to them. I'm the new king. I've been anointed. I'll take care of these things since your old king is gone. Friends, to be saved, you have to walk away from your former life. But I don't want to. Then you don't want Jesus. You want your former life. You have to walk away from your former life. And so once you turn your life over to Jesus, though, he will give you assurance. He will effectively tell you in your spirit, your old king is gone. Those old things you used to worship, money, drugs, uh, whatever life of living you had, uh, the sinful life, your old king is gone, but I am now your new king. And by my authority, I will take care of you from here on out. Friends, when God makes a promise, He keeps it. God will hold up every single promise he has ever made, every one of them. Satan used a lengthy war to try to stop David from becoming king when God already promised that David would become king of Israel. And Satan will also make war against you. He will use your former life, the things you used to like, the things you used to do to try to tempt you back out from walking with God to get back into walking wrongly. Well, what if I'm already saved? Then he's going to try to tempt you to walk back in sin so that your influence on others to follow Jesus will die and they won't see Jesus in you at all. You got to walk like you know God's promises are real. He promises such things and you need to walk in that like you believe it because God will deliver on every promise. Never doubt the promises of God. What he declares, he binds. And now here comes my Jesus parallel here, because when God makes a promise, he keeps it. Acts 2.21, I want you to read this with me, says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will probably be saved. I hope you caught me reading that wrong. That is not what it says. For those of you following me in your Bible, 
It does not say whoever calls on the name of the Lord might be saved. It does not say whoever calls on the name of the Lord has a good chance of being saved or a 90% chance of being saved or your odds are good or it's favorable or most likely it does not say that. What it says, it says it shall come to pass. It will. Shall means will. It shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You will. Guys, how many times do you see the word shall in this verse? It, see it, I see it twice. I see the word shall twice. This It means that eternal life is bound in a double promise. It says, it shall come to pass. And you call the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. This is a double promise. Friends, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, whoever means anybody, whoever means you. Oh, certainly not me, Ray. You don't know what I've done. I've done terrible things, Ray. I know. So have I. I've done terrible things too. (laughs) I have a past life of not being saved. I have my BC days before Christ. But whoever means you, whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a double promise of God. I want you to know that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem everybody but you? No. He died on the cross to redeem you. Yes, you. I want you to pray with me. Father God, I have sinned. I have blown it. I messed up. I am sinful, and your word tells me so. And now I know. I I sense it in my, in my spirit, Lord God, that I have violated against you. I have rivaled you, and I have done terrible things. And I am sorry. Forgive me, Lord God. I want to get out of this old life of sin. I have had it. I need to leave it. I'm going to walk away, but I don't know how. Show me how to even do that. I give you my life. You're going to be my influence, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I give you my whole life. I'm done with it. I am tired of my life. So I give it to you in exchange for a new one. Give me a new life, Lord God. And I thank you for your free gift of eternal life. Thank you. It's yours. Take it. Now let's go do some things for the kingdom. I know you're a good king. I know you like to make friends in the kingdom. And those that see like you, you give them reward. Lord, that's what I want. I want that in my life. Thank you, Lord God, for being such a good God to me. In Jesus' name, take it. It's yours. I'm all yours. I'm all in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, that means you got saved. There's no special ceremony. You don't have to go do it in a church. You could be saved right where you're at, listening on the radio or watching on the on the video. If you did get saved, I want to know. Please go to setforliferadio.com. Send me some information. I want to personally welcome you into the family of God. If you'll give me that opportunity, please let me know. I'd love to encourage you. And thank you for listening to Set for Life. I am only here to do one thing, to get the gospel out to as many people as I possibly can. I have no other agenda than that. I'm not trying to get you to, to buy anything. I'm not trying to get you to join my particular church. Only just get yourself in a Bible-believing church somewhere. There's a lot of Bible teaching pastors around. Get in the walk in the body of Christ. Get around people who know this victory and want to share it with you. That's all I'm about. I look for my reward in Messiah Jesus because I'm doing kingdom work. That's all I'm here to do. I hope you walk well with the Lord. It will prolong your days. It will certainly prolong your eternity. (laughs) So thank you. We'll see you next time. Get it done, buddy.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.